0: Alex. Yes, Addison? Do you like things that are strange, unusual, weird, and wonderful? Uh, it's... Yeah, that's been said about me. Well, how about, uh, the South's answer to Miskatonic University? Does that sound appealing to you? I'm here and there on the South, but you've got me. You've got me. <laughs> I've got Reel you. Reel me in. Reel me in. I'm hooked. Let me tell you about a podcast. It's called The Alexandria Archives... They're a friend of the show and an excellent uh, podcast that is about a fictional radio show set at the fictional Alexandria University, and it covers all things weird and wonderful and supernatural and strange, and it's just a good old time. Alexandria Archives. Why does that sound so familiar? Well, it's because they're our sponsor, and also we've both appeared on that show. That would probably do it. (laughs) Yes, Alexandria Archives is a really fun, super enjoyable little podcast that takes the format of a radio show on a university campus. And so you'll have fun, like, narrations and stories. You'll have recurring characters that go on zany adventures and all of it with sort of a paranormal twist to it that's a lot of fun. It's like, think, welcome to Night Vale meets Radio Free Roscoe. That's exactly it. It's great fun. You can find them on iTunes under the Alexandria Archives. You can find them on Twitter at whau signal, And you can find them on their website at AlexandriaArchives.com. So that's Alex, like your name. Like mine, yes. Andrea, A-N-D-R-I-A, and then archives, A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S.com. Dot C-O-M. Dot C-O-M. Yayo, yeah, yeah, Wendigos. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, But we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. to the cryptid keeper podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening it means you too your guidebook is in the mail i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock and we don't actually have your mailing address i'm the keeper of this week's cryptid <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the fact that alex just looked at me expectantly um, which you probably couldn't tell because they don't see me look anywhere well i don't have tape over my webcam so maybe they do I'm the keeper of this week's cryptid. And this week I've gone back to kind of an old favorite sort of category of mine. I was originally going to do an episode on the Toronto Tunnel Monster, but then decided that a week after something that lives in a cave that might be a little too similar. So, I decided to go over to kind of an old favorite of mine, which is uh the Yokai database because if you don't oh, know yeah. what Yokai are, they're um it's it's a kind of catch-all term for like Japanese spirits. They're like spirits and figures in folklore. Um like the Ona I talked about on a previous episode is a Yokai etc um kitsune and basically that whole category so i found a personal favorite of mine a yokai and this is i'm going to start with the entry from yokai.com and that is spelled y-o-k-a-i if you're wondering and it is called uh they are called actually it's a whole category of things not just one no perabo. okay can you spell that for me N-O-P-P. E-R-A-B-O, sometimes spelled with a hyphen between the nopera and the bow part, Mm -hmm. but the translation is essentially faceless monk. Now, what these are, not just a monk, but what these are, are just, are essentially spirits that look just like a regular human being, regular person, but they've got no face. Just a blank, smooth skin surface. Huh. No eyes, nose, mouth, just no face. What about ears? Do they have ears? No. Okay. Jury's out on whether ears are face or not, you know? Sometimes people are like... It's all the same thing. Other times, it's... Like... I mean, I have seen renderings of them with ears, so actually, sometimes maybe they do. I think they're not sure if ears are face. Gotcha. So, this opens, like a ton of different kind of encounters and stories from all over the world. Uh, And they're not always called specifically by that name. There's a lot of different names around the world for like faceless spirits. But I have sightings from all across the world of different types of faceless spirits that I'm kind of putting underneath this general name because this tends to just apply to a spirit appearing to look completely mu- like a human being, regular style, but no face. Cool, 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 cool. So, before we get any further into this, I think I'm going to ask the question on everybody's minds, which is Slenderman. Oh, oh, don't worry. Okay, okay, it's it's going there, huh? We've got some Slenderman stuff to say. Okay, cool. Chopped my flavor a little bit there, but you didn't mean to. You so do I'll it to me it all the time, so <laughs> that's fair. You didn't know you were doing it, so I'll let it slide. Plausible deniability, but that's not what that means. But um, basically. I will go in with the kind of primer from yoke.com, which I love because it's written like a trading card. <laughs> so you've got cool. alternate names, habitat, diet, appearance, and interactions. And Batting average. Forms. Yeah. Uh, team affiliation. Like power-up moves. Like what's power it? Power-up moves. I think we're talking about very different kinds of trading cards all of a sudden. Oh, I was That's thinking fine. of like, <laughs> what does it evolve into? Yeah, there Is go. there bubblegum in the package? I was thinking about, like, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I was very clearly going for baseball cards, and you just took that and ran with it. In a way that I love, actually, because I really enjoy the conceit of, like, collecting baseball cards and then battling them. And then Babe Ruth sent his opponent to the Shadow Realm. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Babe Ruth sent Mickey Mantle to the Shadow Realm. Oh, man. Is Mickey Mantle a baseball player? I don't know. For the sake of this podcast, in this fiction, yes. Is he not? I think he is. Okay. I, don't, I just don't know. It doesn't know. matter. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about the no um, And I'm trying to pronounce that like the recording I found of a person saying it. So if that's wrong, then blame blamepronunciation.com. I'm sorry. I tried to look it up ahead of time so I wouldn't do the usual thing of being like, I don't know how to say this. I'm bad at stuff. So the... <laughs> Their um, normal habitat is roads, inns, shops, anywhere they can just kind of blend into human society. They're just like us, except for they have no face. So the diet is unknown because they have no mouth and thus can't eat. So whether or not they... That would do it. Whether or not they get their nutrients through, like, filter feeding like a sponge is unknown. Ooh. But... (laughs) They resemble appearance. They, they don't, don't have, like, a secret mouth anywhere? Mm-mm. There are, there is, There are yokai that have secret mouths. Well, right. We I knew that those. was a yokai thing, so I no. wasn't sure if there was, like, maybe a, a secondary. No, these in particular do not have secret mouths, although there are a lot of different explanations as to what these actually are. So whether or not, like... The, the facelessness is temporary or, like, a way to frighten people and isn't their actual permanent condition. Oh, you is know, you can for turn your face on or off. Like, um, where's you, the face slider? Yes? Yeah. No. Hmm. You joke, but that's kind of one of the proposed kind of concepts for them is they're not humanoids with no face. They're something else trying to look like a human being and not knowing quite how to nail the face. You know, some people can't draw hands. Yeah. It's like that. Um, but they can't draw faces. They can't draw faces. faces. I mean, also same. Um, so, Appearance. The noparabo resembles an ordinary human being in almost all ways and blends in perfectly with human society. However, the illusion is quickly shattered when met face to face, as noparabo actually has no face at all. Its head is a blank orb with no eyes, nose, mouth, or features of any kind. What about hair? Do they have hair? Sometimes they have hair, sometimes they don't. It depends on, just like, you know how some people have hair and some people don't have hair? Yes, no, thank you. I'm aware of that. I'm trying to, like... (laughs) When it says features, I just want to know what that covers, because it's actually, like, the more you think about it, the more nonspecific that is. Okay, so, like, think of it like this. Where, if it's a place on your, like, if you wore a mask uh-huh. on your face and it would cover that, like, a mask would cover, anywhere a mask would cover on your face is just smooth. Okay, but are we talking about, like, masks that just go on, like, frontally, or are we talking about, like, talking about the frontal. hyper-realistic masks? Oh, no, I'm talking that, about, like, like, a frontal, like a... Like a like a sheet mask, okay, okay, okay. So like their face, yeah, is a sheet mask with no feet, like with no holes for anything. It's just like if you took like a sheet and just like uh-huh. pff, that's their face. Okay, no face. So that's a no to the ears and hair. I'm sorry, there's no there are lot of our, no, there is hair. hair. Just do you put a sheet mask on top of your hair? Well, if it's a hair mask, then yeah, I didn't say a hair mask. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> we're, we're having different conversations. Okay. All I'm saying is, like, when it says they don't have this, 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 or features, that implies that, like, it's talking about things not listed. I've got so some So I'm trying pictures. to figure out, like, what facial features have not been listed that are included in that catch-all term. I think they mean, like, there's no, like, freckles. There's no, like, okay. blemishes. It's, like, Thank smooth you. skin. They have, like, b- they have beautiful skin. Don't get me wrong. Their skin is incredible. All of um, them? Yes. I don't know. This is, this is, there's a rendering that has, like, beautiful long hair. And no face. Okay. There's renderings that have just beautiful long hair. Uh-huh. And there's renderings that have no hair. And, like, hats. Anyway. It's, they have no face. There's also some of them that have, like, shadows to imply that, like, there are, I guess their face is terraformed, like they have the the shape of the face, just not the actual, just no features. It's features, very, which is weird. It's I, very weird. Anyway, yeah, no, I mean, okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like get combative. Oh, no, it's just totally. this is an audio format, so I want to make sure that people like, oh no, I have know. a clear mental picture of what we're talking about, and it's very unclear at the moment. But that's okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Um, but um. Uh other forms it can take the Noparabo bo is a favorite transformation of mysterious animal yokai like kitsune tanuki and mm-hmm. especially mujina which um are like or yeah mujina um they're like little um i'll show you mujina are an animal type of yokai they're like a badger spirit okay they've got kind of like they they're not they're not faceless like that it's like a tra- when they're trying to look like people or like when they're trying to mess with people they're like these kind of um they're like this they're like little cute little badger spirits yeah um they're mischievous though and that's kind of the defining uh the defining attribute of a lot of these things that supposedly take the form of this so there's a lot of like kind of debate is this a spirit that is just like that like faceless or is it an animal spirit trying to sort of mimic the appearance of a person whether to trick people or to mess with and scare people and then not quite either not quite doing it right or deliberately Mm -hmm. having no face because they know it's creepy (laughs) Fair. These animal spirits understand the Uncanny Valley. They okay, do get okay. it. No, that's what I'm getting from this. They do understand. So that's just kind of the general stuff you get from the Yokai Wiki. There's also uh, It also talks about kind of the general encounters people have supposedly had with these, but I want to save that for when I get into some more specific sightings. Okay, so I do have another question. I'm not sure if this is, like, spoiler territory or not. Um, What do they do? Like, do they actively try to harm people? Are they generally benevolent or are they just sort of there? They're not benevolent, but they're not physically harmful. In most of the stories, they seem to kind of enjoy scaring people. Okay. Now, scaring like, ha-ha, naughty, got you good that time, scary, or scary like they want to cause profound psychological terror. There seems to be a bit of a wide range in the stories. Whether it's like, ha-ha, made you look, gotcha. Like, if it's like a prankster scary or if it's like, I'm trying to wreck you, Scary. It's, it mostly seems as if they're kind of, like, not to minimize how frightening it would be to see a person with no face, like, right. like just, just like, absolutely just, like, skin where all the features should be. That is that is really, really creepy. But Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, on the scale from, like, Ashton Kutcher to <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, like, what kind of mind games are these things trying to play? I'm wondering if that varies as much from individual spirit to individual spirit as it would with people, right? Like, prankster people. That's the thing I think about a lot, actually. It's like, if, if there are aliens or monsters somewhere doing, like, an episode on humans, they're like, what's their deal? What are humans trying to accomplish? And it's like, well, let me tell you, they don't know. Yeah, they're like, because some of them are, like, really nice and, like, give each other food when they're starving and, like, help sick people. And some of them, like, blow stuff up and, like... Some of them just want to drive roadsters into space. Yeah, <laughs> like, and some of no them, tell like... no with these guys. And some of them, like, put salt in each other's coffee instead of sugar. It almost... It, seemingly for no reason but malicious just yeah, intent. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. So like to be fair, I feel weird generalizing the intentions okay, of all of these fair. faceless faceless ghosties. But um so I want to um I want to jump over to slendermanconnection.wikia.com yes. here for it. And just a little, just so you guys know, Slenderman Connection dot wikia dot com is a wiki based on obviously the Slenderman. There's like a forum, there's blog posts. If you're not familiar with Slenderman, I don't know what to tell you because you're clearly using the internet to listen to a podcast, so you must have internet access. So I'm not really sure how that happened. But <laughs> Slenderman is a creepypasta originated creature. It's a tall, skinny figure with no face that's pretty much what Slenderman is and there's different variations on the story like captures people from the woods or like torments uh torments people deliberately sometimes like they say he kills people there's like all these different variations on the story but at the end of the day the defining feature of Slenderman is like tall thin suit no face yeah I'm very nicely dressed and very I, nicely I, we would dressed. be remiss if we didn't mention that okay like, he looks everyone great. has redeeming qualities the Slender Man is a fashion icon. Oh, yeah. He looks fantastic. He's doing great. I'm, I mean, like, it's a little weird that that's what he's choosing to wear out in the middle of the woods. But also, I respect, like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So maybe Slender Man wants to be a lawyer and is trying to get ahead from just being, like, malicious forest spirit. I think that upward mobility is really important. Mm-hmm. Now... I have a specific story this particular this was a sighting of there are a lot of sightings of kind of Slenderman adjacent things on this wiki and this particular one is attributed to specifically a lot of the Noparabo stories because it didn't happen in Japan but it did happen in Hawaii on May 19th 1959 there was a sighting there were sightings of a faceless woman in Kahala Hawaii so the creature was sighted in the women's restroom of the YLA drive-in theater combing her hair The witness went closer to the woman, and she turned her head, revealing a lack of face. The creature is believed to have been a bo, a faceless spirit that originated from various Japanese myths. Noted Hawaiian historian, folklorist, and author Glenn Grant in a 1981 radio interview dismissed the story as a rumor, only to be called by the witness herself onto his show, who gave more details on the event, including the previously unreported detail that the woman in question had red hair. Other sightings have also allegedly occurred, many visiting the bathroom to see her in the reflection of the mirror. Sightings of a similar spirit were also reported in other parts of Hawaii, and the theater has since been torn down. Wow. See, I have one question about these particular bathroom sightings, mm-hmm. which is if she has no face, can she see the mirror? And if she can somehow see the mirror, what is she checking? Her hair? Oh, you're right. I'm her sorry. beautiful hair. Her beautiful red hair. You're right. Maybe she was... Just, okay, so typical typical setup, right, is that mirror is in front of the sink. Maybe she's not looking at the mirror. Maybe she just needed the sink. Oh, you're so right. Maybe she needed to wash her hands. Maybe she needed to wash her hands. Or maybe, like, she had some flyaways. <laughs> Wanted to slick those down. Yeah. You know? She's got to wash the ectoplasm off her hands, I guess. No one is immune ghost. to the effects of the patriarchy, okay? It doesn't matter if you have eyes or not. You're still concerned with how other people perceive you. That's true. But... I also actually, and there's never, I never get an explanation of this, but can they see? And that I have no idea. Now, see, I think, and this actually is a thing that I love to talk about, because I think that it's one of the most fascinating subjects of all time when it comes to conceiving of like the supernatural, or specifically, it usually applies to aliens, um, and there's a specific name for this this like concept, this body of thinking, this theory, if you will, and I don't remember what it is, I'll have to look it up later, um, my... Michael Crichton fan inside me is ashamed for not knowing this because it's discussed Mm. at length in The Andromeda Strain, and it's the most interesting part of that book, which is basically the idea that, like, when it comes to thinking of monsters and aliens and things not our own, we are incapable of conceiving of something that is not on some level fundamentally human. So no matter what our like, imagination, quote-unquote, tells us that we are imagining, we're still imagining something that exists well within the constraints of what we're doing. So one of the first questions we have is stuff like this, like, well, how can it see? It's like, well, it it might not. It might not have anything even comparable to seeing. So, like, then we think about things that, like, are naturally blind in nature. Like, oh, well, these things echolocate. It's like, well, it's possible that there would exist a creature that, doesn't even have sensory perception in the way that we conceive of it. Like, it, it could be something completely other. It, it doesn't necessarily have to exist in the same way, shape, mm-hmm. or form at all. It might have a completely different way of perceiving and navigating the world, or it might not have needs for either of those things, which is just wild to think about. We can't fundamentally understand something that is that different to us. Yeah, absolutely. That actually, and I talk about this a lot on this show, but that is uh, attributed to why so many alien encounters like supposed actual alien sightings involve paralysis Mm -hmm. like there are claims that that's like being done to people deliberately but a lot of the kind of uh, a lot of the kind of understanding and a lot of um alien like theorizing circles is that people's brains are just so unable to comprehend the stimulus they are receiving and like they're they're seeing something so completely outside of what we are able to understand or recognize that the brain just kind of shuts down it's why there's memory loss it's why there is paralysis it's why all those things go along with alien abductions or sightings it's not necessarily that the aliens are even doing it to people maliciously Mm -hmm. just so much as the brain is trying to protect itself from something that is causing it to almost like short circuit yeah totally it's like i don't know how to understand what i'm seeing yeah And I always have found that to be a really, really interesting common thread in alien encounters. And people also talk about, like, the inexplicable feeling of dread, having, like, all the hairs on your body stand up Mm -hmm. and just, like, feeling, like, nauseous and, like, all these other feelings. And it's funny, too, because it goes both ways in that it also has to deal with, like, the way that we and or whatever this other thing is would perceive each other. So like for example, we look at this thing and we see it as like something that looks entirely human except for a face and that freaks us out because to us a face seems like the most significant feature when it could be that to aliens trying or spirits trying to imitate humans, the face would just seem insignificant. They'd be like, well, I got everything else. I don't need to worry about that part, right? That's just complicated. They just want partial credit. That's just like a pattern. No, the face may not even register to them because if they don't have or need faces, Mm -hmm. that would not stand out to them as significant. Maybe their native species just has like millions of feet. And so they're like, ah, I got the feet right. Yeah. (laughs) Did anybody notice how good these feet are? Yeah, So, you know, or or maybe, like, hair to them seems like it's the the defining characteristic that humans have. And so they're like, oh, man, I worked so hard on this hair. And, like, they just – it would not occur to them that the face is a significant feature. Yeah, they're like, look how perfect my keratin strands are. They're amazing. They're like, I did so good on these. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, because it's like if you – Like, if you give any kindergartner a crayon and you ask them to draw things, like, they will draw something that is recognizable to us as a dog or a human, even though it possesses none of the relevant features of, like, a dog or a human. Or, like, they draw somebody and it's, like, they don't have noses. And we just accept that because we still recognize it as human. Well, it's possible that, like, whenever whatever this thing is that is imitating a human is just, like, conceiving of its form, that's just not something that stands out to it as, like, a necessary characteristic. Just, like, when kindergartners draw stick figures like very clearly that is not human right if you saw something that looked like a stick figure in real life you would die of terror it would just freak you out so bad but like we, we just look at it and we're like that's a human yeah that's a person yeah and so maybe these things look at like their their faceless constructs and they're like we nailed it you, mean, you don't you don't meet a lot of people with like uh, with like limbs that are one inch in circumference and also oh, not circumference <laughs> width and no <laughs> circumference no, you're right, there sorry. are no more than two dimensions on these things <laughs> you're right i'm so sorry if you saw walking down the street like <laughs> shuffling down the street like something from a half forgotten nightmare just like <laughs> one inch wide limbs two-dimensional completely flat leading up to an enormous like a face like the face of a clock with no nose, Terrifying. giant dark eyes, and like a line, a set line of a mouth. That would be horrifying. <laughs> that's a nightmare. We would be less likely to recognize that as human than these, uh, the, the No Parabo. So they did great, first don't, of all. Don't steal that, by the way. That's like the new, that's going to be my, my Slenderman. I'm taking that to Your the bank. Your cryptid OC. That's my Slenderman. I'm taking it to the bank. I'm going to just how, rake in the pasta called? cash. What's it called? Um, Give me a second. You need something for, like, there's a formula with creepypasta creatures, Mm -hmm. right? You need to name it something that's, like, easy to remember and, like, almost childlike, but will still be able to evoke a sense of dread or be said out loud without sounding ridiculous. Like, there was a creepypasta figure that I think— Guys, listen. (laughs) Guys, listen. Are you ready to play my new online horror platformer? Sketchy dude. <laughs> no, we're not doing that one. See, well, there's a reason that certain ones catch on and certain ones don't. Slenderman caught on really well because of that. Candle Cove caught on well because of that. Whereas there was one that only caught on for a very specific kind of like goth kid, and it was Jeff the Killer. Jeff the Killer, if you were a creepypasta person in, like, your teens, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. There was this really bizarre story about a guy who, like, killed his family and, like, had this, like, had, like, no eyelids, so his eyes were always open. And Jeff the Killer is what he was called. And there were people who were scared of Jeff the Killer. There is Jeff the Killer fan art. But Jeff the Killer did not make it into the mainstream the way Slender Man did because when you say Jeff, it does not strike fear into anyone's heart. You say Jeff the Killer, and my immediate assumption is... No, I have not nor will ever listen to his mixtape. <laughs> Jeff the Killer sounds to me like a 17-year-old white boy at a party trying to hand me his mix CD. Yeah. And me saying, not today, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, Jeff. No no thanks, Jeff. I've known your parents for way too long. <laughs> See, that's the thing is I feel like when the person and not to like not to like be really mean to the person who wrote that story, because I'm sure they were like 13. Like, I don't mean that to me. I'm just I'm sure they were like a child. But uh, it was Jeff, actually. Jeff was like coming clean on the Internet and posting. (laughs) I just feel like someone trying to name their villain was like, Jeff. So what I'm saying is you have to have something simple. Jeff, the killer managed simplicity, but didn't get creep factor i think slender man Mm -hmm. really nailed that kind of the center of that like venn diagram the little like crossover point yeah and i think it's because the word slender is a little uncomfy right like it's a word that its meaning itself is not particularly frightening but the word itself is so infrequently heard that we're like i know what that means but in this context it's a little weird why is that unsettling to me you gotta hit the uncanny Mm. valley of the vernacular you know yeah what about like twig boy (laughs) twig boy scribbly fella (laughs) (laughs) scribble lad Scribble lad. I don't think Scribble lad sounds scary. Maybe, maybe. Okay, no, I think, yeah, we need to we need to capitalize on the the two dimensionality of this thing. So. Yeah. Flat Stanley. No, Stanley. That already exists. You nailed it. No, that's good, though, because it's got name recognition. But also, no, 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 Bear with me. So what we do is we write a creepypasta about this horrifying creature, and then we imply that all flat Stanleys are haunted. Wait, you know, Alex, are you familiar with the lucrative genre of creepypastas known as video game creepypastas, where you take an existing character like Sonic the Hedgehog, perhaps? No, 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 no. It's Tails Doll. Yeah. Tails Doll is, like, the terrifying creepypasta of the Sonic universe. Yes, I am familiar. Are you familiar with, or, like, Squidward, or, like, the Squidward one, or, like, just anything that capitalizes on an the existing Majora's character? The Majora's Mask creepypasta. Yeah. yeah no, that, that drowned, one's great. That yeah. Um yeah. So, we've just done that. We've brought Flat Stanley into it. Yeah, we're actually, we're, we're moving into children's lit creepypasta, oh. where we take beloved children's literature characters, we make them horrible. Just wait till you find out where Waldo really is. Yikes. He's in hell. Behind you. Oh. He's, wow. in, he's in hell and he's also behind you. <laughs> he's in the behind you hell. <laughs> you also are in hell. This is the bad place. <laughs> anyway, back to the no better, Poe. Yeah, how's she doing? I miss her. Well, there's not just the one, there's so many of them. I miss that one specifically. You miss How's the one doing? with the beautiful red hair. Beautiful red hair. I do too, honestly. She's amazing. Well, we're going to hop over to anitasnotebook.com. Oh, no, actually, you know what? You started this whole thing talking about Slenderman. Was that going somewhere? Oh, no, I was just going to say it's from that 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 story was on the Slenderman wiki. Okay, cool. It didn't, no, no, nothing in that wiki entry made a deliberate connection to Slenderman, but it's on the Slenderman wiki just okay, because gotcha. they were like, this person's faceless. But in all seriousness, a lot of um, sources about the Noteperebo um kind of imply that not that faceless kind of spirit creatures or just creatures with no face, like don't appear in a lot of places, but mm-hmm. it's one of the oldest. Okay. Like, because it appears in Japanese folklore going pretty far back actually I have some examples of kind of stories that have been around for a long time that just kind of are almost like campfire stories like creepy mm-hmm. stories about them and those have been around for so long and kind of cemented the image of like a humanoid thing with no face being kind of creepy and like a spirit that it's safe to assume that even if the person who created Slenderman didn't deliberately base Slenderman on it mm-hmm. that that informed the creation of Slenderman the cultural consciousness exactly that that kind of solidified that image and by the way I want to make sure I make something and clear because this is an audio format when i say this thing has no eyes i do not mean eye sockets i mean just like skin like in the the episode of well the the, the uss callister episode of black mirror like the the faceless thing it's yeah just when a, their faces turn off yeah or like yeah like anything like that i think there's a doctor who, there's probably I, I say i think there's, there's a wrinkle in time thing like that too yeah right? i think so but like like imagine you took a like you're 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 drawing a little guy and you draw a face on him, and then you take your eraser, and you erase his face off. It's less like drawing. I think actually the better way to think oh. of this probably is sculpting. Oh, yeah. If you've ever watched videos of, like, when sculptors, like, first they just sort of have, like, the blank head shape. Or it, even better yet, figure drawing dolls. Like the little wooden figurines that you can, like, move their mm-hmm. limbs around. Um, that kind of face. Yeah. So there isn't, it, it's just like a planar surface. Yeah. And they're all voiced by Mara Wilson. Every single one of them. I don't know why I originally wasn't even going to talk about the faceless old woman who secretly lives in all of our homes. I don't know what I was doing with myself that I wasn't going to talk about that. But anyway, so hopping over to Anita's Notebook, which is a blog that I found um, uh, where I imagine run by Anita, though it doesn't actually say. um, And they had an entry about this entry is called The Faceless Ghosts of Japan. And this goes into a lot of the original kind of iterations of like, scary stories and ghost stories about No Bow, So, and it actually, this actually mentions Slenderman as well. Talks about kind of ghosts with no face being kind of an image that strikes fear into a lot of people. It starts with the author of this entry, I'm assuming Anita, because it's Anita's notebook, talking about having a nightmare about something trying to kill, kill them and seeing a ghost with no face. And... This kind of, uh, like, sending them on a journey of, like, researching spirits mm-hmm. with no face. There says, there's just something especially scary about faceless beings. Just ask anyone who thinks they've spotted Slenderman's faceless apparition lurking in the woods. That's also my personal theory, too, because Slenderman, I'm sorry to break- brush your bubble guide. Slenderman was created by the internet. <laughs> was created by Creepypasta. But I don't want to dispute people who think they've actually seen him. I'm just saying perhaps it was one of these. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, Slenderman's a tulpa. Slenderman... Oh, no. Um, We need to do an episode on Tulpa sometime, but anyway. So sightings of eerie beings with no face have been around as far as anyone can remember and are seen by people around the world even today. So there are a lot of different famous faceless ghost stories in Japan, and this is the most iconic one. There's a couple, but the most iconic one is nicknamed, usually the story is nicknamed, The Crying Woman. Okay. So I'm going to read this to you, all right? I'm I gonna... straight You like, said the crime woman for yeah, a second. The crime oh woman. God she does man, crimes. I love that. Nope. The crying woman. No, she's crying. Crying. I'm going to turn off. We have a little lamp in the studio. I'm going to turn it off. Thank Plunge you. Plunge us into darkness. Thank you. Plunge us into darkness. Pretend you can't see the glow of the laptop. Close your eyes. That was probably easier from the get-go. You're right. But I want to have the light off so I feel atmospheric, too. Okay, thank you. So a man was walking on the road to Edo and found himself traveling unexpectedly after dark. He looked around him and felt a little scared, but thought it wasn't anything he couldn't handle. After walking for a while and whistling nervously to himself, he came upon a woman on the side of the road. She was crouched over and sobbing into her hands in the most pitiful way. He walked over to her and put his hand on her shoulder gently, asking what was wrong and if he could help. Slowly, the woman put her hands down and turned her head as if to look up at him. But to his horror, he saw that she had no eyes, or even a face. He stumbled backwards for a moment, and then the woman started to walk toward him, and he ran as fast as he could all the way to Edo. When he got to Edo, the golden sun was rising up into the sky. He was still shaking from the experience, but felt safe with so many people around him now. He bought some breakfast from a food stall and started to tell the owner the story of what had happened to him. When he got to the part about the woman with no face, he waited for the man to react with shock, but instead, the man ran a hand over his face and said, like this, revealing that he too had no face. Oh, yes. It was then that he realized that all the people around him didn't have eyes or a mouth. The man was so terrified that he dropped his food and, despite his exhaustion, ran straight back to his hometown and to his house. <laughs> He locked the door behind him and collapsed against it. His wife came up to him with arms open and said, What's wrong, darling? In scattered words, he told her the whole story of the faceless ghosts. And she said, Like this? Wiping her face. (laughs) And revealing that she, too, was now a no pedabo. And then he looked in his mirror and ran his own bedraggled hands over his face, shocked to find that he also didn't have one. (laughs) Yeah, no. <laughs> is this a Junji Ito? Because it feels like what? Oh, I bet Junji Ito has written something about Faceless Ghosts. Probably. Except for maybe not, because it's hard to do gore when there's no facial features to exploit for that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking shit on Junji Ito right now. I love his work. I think he's a fantastic artist. And I think Uzumaki is one of the best graphic novels of all time. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This entry continues with, I guess I'm lucky that I didn't wake up to find that my whole family had turned into Bo. I think the scariest part of the Faceless Ghost stories is that there's no escaping them once they've made you their target. According to legend... But what do they do? According to legend, the Faceless Ghosts usually won't try to kill you, but they want to drive you crazy with fear by showing up over and over and over until you can't take it anymore. Which totally doesn't make me feel any better, lol. So whether in your dream life or real life, watch out for the faceless ghost. I mean, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think that if your beloved spouse comes to you and says, I'm a faceless ghost now, you have to be committed to working through that. Like, it's fine if that leads to divorce, whatever. But you can't just freak out, right? Like, it's not about you. Your loved one is going through a significant change in their life. And if you can't be there and be supportive of them, that's that's one thing. You know, you have to take care of you and you have to understand what, like, you can and can't do. And you shouldn't lie to them and say you can be there for them if you're just going to, like, end up losing it in the long run. But I don't understand, aside from, like, the initial shock, right, of being like, oh, I don't have a face. Like, oh, okay. But after that, like, there, there there's nothing else happening. That's it. That's the entire thing is, like, the removal of the face. But it it's not, like... There, there's nothing after that. That's not the beginning of an, a horrible event. That's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So you need to figure out what you're going to do after that. Like, when we talked about the Kuchiseka Ona, it's like there's that initial horrifying encounter, and then you got to book it because she's, she's gonna, going to get you. She's going to stab you. But with the, the no parabo, it's just like, uh. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> that's it there's nothing else after that do you think if i ran my hand over my face right now and wiped off my facial features your reaction would just be ah okay no i mean i'd freak out for like a second and be like well that's really weird Um, but, like, that's it. There, nothing else is going to happen. I like the idea that when you're faced with something that defies everything you know about the world to be true and regular and understandable, that you just go, oh, that's weird. Well, to be fair, now I'm primed for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you wiped off your face right now, I'd be like, that's a cool effect. Really <laughs> fitting. Really neat that we had this whole long buildup to you, like, coming that'd out be... to me as an, as an open up. Yeah, that'd be uh, amazing. But no, my, my point is just that I, I don't mean to downplay, like, the immediacy and horror of this thing. I'm just saying, like... This guy saw one of these things and then straight up ran, I don't know, at least a mile probably to a town where he then saw a hundred more of them and then ran all the way back to his hometown and saw another. Like, well, to be fair, I think there is an implication in that story, particularly with the wife. The implication, I don't think, is that the wife has been one of those all along, but rather something's happened to his wife and one of them is now taking her place. So where are all of the hundreds of people that previously existed in this town? That's a good question. Why would hundreds of these things all target one guy? I don't know. Well, I think if they feed on fear, that's not a sustainable food source. You're right. They need to do better. (laughs) I don't know. Especially because there were apparently previously hundreds of humans in this town. They could have, like started targeting one by well, one you know but like it, for all of you to plan a sting on this one guy <laughs> well see i feel like this is the part where i feel like that's just how a story got exaggerated over time i feel like it was just the three i feel like it was the woman on the side of the road the guy in the noodle bar and then the wife yeah but still that's some coordinated planning right like or they set this up was it all the same spirit just being all three of them Possible. If it's just the three and there isn't the, like, hundreds of people, yeah. then that could just be the one. If they're already shape-shifting to look like a person. Okay, and so then that's my next question. Yeah. Is, like, do these things have, like, a human form that they take, or do they just appear as random extant humans minus the face? Normally... If the theory is that these are not just ghosts that don't have a face, like if the theory is that it is something taking on this form like a kitsune or a mm-hmm. mujina or a, um, a tanuki, then the theory is that they are impersonating existing human beings. Okay. See, I was under the impression that it was like there are these spirits that have like their own bespoke faceless human form. Now, don't get me wrong. There's also people who think that's the case. There are also people who think there are just these human spirits that for some reason or another died in a terrible passion and have no face. Right. All of that having been said, I still think this is something you could work out in a marriage. (laughs) But what if that's not the woman you married? Like, literally, not like I don't recognize the woman I married, but literally that's not the person you married. That's you're just not the same else. anymore. You've developed all of these horrible habits and you are you treat me unkindly and also you have no face. You clog our drain with organ meats and you have no face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, You like, awaken me in the night with your terrible whisperings and you have no face. But we have no reason to believe that these things... Do anything to attack people So where are the initial You're right At least they're not two-faced They're just no-faced No, but what I'm saying is like Are these Are are the Noparabo Like Teaming up with some other kind of monster That like does the dirty work And then they take the place Because otherwise What are they doing To the humans they're replacing that's true. Where are they? Where did the hundreds of people previously did in this they town just, go? You see, that's the thing. Is did they take the wife or did was the wife one all along? Or did they just, like, knock her out and put her in a back room for, like, a bit? Or is she just straight up, like, doing laundry in the other room? Yeah. Like, she's still there. She's very there. She just didn't hear her husband come in. And this guy wanders in and there's a ghost there who's like, hey, I'll take advantage of this moment. Like, I, there's so many questions unanswered. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about a few more versions of the story and then also talk about how they appear in popular culture. And then I have some more sightings to okay. talk about. So this is another version of the story. It's uh, Noperebo and the Koi Pond. This tale recounts, this is from the Wikipedia page on mm-hmm. the these particular ghosts. This tale recounts a lazy fisherman who decided to fish in the Imperial Koi Ponds near the Haiyan Kyo Palace. Despite being warned by his wife about the pond being sacred and near a graveyard, the fisherman went anyway. On his way How many th- red flags do you have to ignore at once? <laughs> On his way to the pond, he is warned by another fisherman not to go there, but again, he ignores the warning. Once at the spot, he is met by a beautiful young woman who pleads with him not to fish in the pond. He ignores her, and to his horror, she wipes off her face. Rushing home to hide, he is confronted by what seems to be his wife, who chastises him for his wickedness before wiping off her facial features as well. Okay, but she warned him. Here's the thing. When they talk about that version of it, like, the idea that you could just wipe off your facial features, I can't help but thinking the amount of times I wish I could do that. Like, when I'm walking downtown and some, like, creepy old man is like, give me a smile, sweetheart. If I could just wipe off my face. Oh, here's the thing about the (laughs) No Parabo that maybe is downplaying, I guess, why I would find it scary. It's because I'm just like, I see that and I'm like, same, girl. (laughs) Oh, my God. Literal same. Can you imagine if someone asked you to smile and you just wiped and your face And you just wiped off? off your face. What would they do? Man, I wish. Or just like straight up anytime, like somebody you don't like starts talking to you and, and you, you just, just like look <laughs> at them and just like wipe off your face. Like, uh-huh, try to have a conversation with me now. <laughs> I dare you. What are you going to say? Like what, you want me to talk back? Uh, I can't talk back to you. How? I have no mouth. I have no mouth and I must scream at you to leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, that that's the dream, I guess. So like I'm not even... I think mad I'm mad about it. I think I'm just jealous of that ability. Yeah, that might be it. I think I'm just jealous I can't wipe my face away. Wax on, wax off my face. Oh, yeah, like, beautiful. Just, uh, I'm just imagining all the scenarios in which I would have used it now. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so jealous. It's really good. Oh, my God. Hey, boys, you've heard of ghosting? Here's the new trend that women are trying <laughs> on their boyfriends. <laughs> a nopera boing. It's called a nopera boeing, and, and it like- goes a little something like this. So a guy's talking to you at a bar, and you want him to leave you alone, and he just doesn't get the hint. What do you do? <laughs> Wipe off your face so he has <laughs> to stare into a blank slate of, of existential terror. Wow, like this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And then like, I guess I get why people are afraid of them, because it's like, how can you read someone's intent when there's literally no facial expression to look at? But yeah, I mean, like, look, again, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, all right. Well, welcome to life as a woman <laughs> Welcome I can't read your intentions Well, now you can't read mine Yeah, we also are terrified of meeting literally anyone in a new town Or along the side of the road at night you right? Um. So I'm going to talk about how these appear in different pop culture things uh, They appear in pop culture all over A lot of it's Japanese pop culture And some of it crosses over into other countries as well Okay So This is also from the Wikipedia page on the subject. The Studio Ghibli film, excuse me, the Studio Ghibli film Pompoko features a modern retelling of the story on Akasaka Road, which is the one I told you before. Mm -hmm. In one scene, a police officer comes upon a young woman who is actually a shape-shifting tanuki, which is a raccoon dog, by the way. Yes, I love um, that. Crying on the side of the road. He attempts to console her, but when she turns to him, she has a completely featureless face. The terrified officer runs to a police box to tell his fellow officer what happened, but the officer, like the soba vendor in the original story, strokes his face and becomes a (laughs) nopo himself. (laughs) The man then runs to a convenience store and tries to tell the people in the store what happened, but everyone in the store becomes faceless. Okay, how many encounters would it take for you to stop trying? I don't know. Like, I'm genuinely... Like, for you personally, Addison Peacock... How many faceless boys would you have to find before you were just like, "Mm, the next one I run into is probably going to be a faceless boy? Actually, yeah. I probably would think that after the first one, to be honest. But I'm also genre savvy at this point. I've heard the story. I think, well, yeah, at this point specifically, I think I would do two. Two. You know, like the first one you see and you're like, oh, that's weird. Like after I went to another person and the very next person also had no face, I'd be like, all right, this is, this is what's happening. I get it. This is the trope now. Fine. Yep. In the game Adventure Quest, Adventure Quest Worlds, some monsters in Hachiko Tower are Noperebo, such as the samurai and ninja Noperebo, who are fighting in the Yokai Revolution. Hello, would you like to hear the good word of the Yokai Revolution? I love everything about the phrase Yokai Revolution. Yep. The anime Mononoke is about a medicine seller that searches for and kills monsters found in Japanese folklore. One arc features a Noperebo that resembles his appearance a lot. It was never stated who of the main characters in that arc imagined him and so made him seem real. I don't know what that means, but that's what the Wikipedia entry says. And then, of course, we say the popular computer game Slender depicts the infamous Slenderman mm-hmm. who bears resemblance to this creature. Then, actually, this one's fun. This one makes me excited. Kiyomi Haunterly from Monster High is a no but a bow. So I guess she has no face. I'm going to Google image Kiyomi that's Haunterly real quick. I just want to see what she looks like. Yeah, no, totally. I'm still a little bit angry about this guy who got the perfect gift – which is to go order noodles and then be able to eat them in peace and quiet with a faceless vendor who won't bother you. And, like, wasn't here for that. I mean, there are entire business models structured after that now, right? You know there's, like, that ramen place in, um... She has a face. This is bull. Then she's not a notepeda bow. She is, though, like, according to the show. She's got, like, really pale flavish features that kind of don't really aren't really there, but she has a face. I'm literally so angry that we have to impose beauty standards on a girl with no face. Yep. Like we still have to give her the luscious sort of suggestion of lips. Yeah. Or we have to give her long invisible eyelashes. I'm actually so angry. What? They still gave her like big pouty, like sort of invisible lips, but they're there? Why well, think she's literally got no face? And they made and they still had to make her traditionally attractive. What? Alright. Okay, so even the Noparabo can't win. Yep. Never mind. I was ready to, like, run away and become one. And, like, cast off societal impositions. But, but they of also can't escape. <laughs> yep. That's kind of a bleak note yep, to, even like. even when you're a woman with no face. Yikes. Society wants to make sure that you still kind of look like you've got makeup on. Anyway. So, in um, the movie Yokai Monsters, 100 monsters Noparabo appear. And then also in uh, chapter nineteen of the Toho official manga, Strange and Bright Nature Deity, the three fairies attempt to scare Remu in various ways. One of them being disguising themselves as Nopeterbo in the beginning of the chapter. However, Remu is not amused or scared.
1: <laughs> <I don't>... Same.
0: <laughs> not amused or scared. I just want to like copy paste that and put it over my face like every time you tell me about a new monster on the show. I apologize. That has become like my brand. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> You're not amused or scared. Don't you, though. <laughs> uh, so Alex just slowly wiped over her face as if she was taking off her facial features. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, yeah. You can also find uh, other versions retelling that same original story with the woman by the road, the noodle vendor, and then the wife on mm-hmm. unexpli- unexplainedmysteries.com. There's a couple different retellings of that particular story. They're all kind of the same formula, but if you want to read, like, a longer version of it, you can find it there. I don't really, because I already read the version that I like reading, but um, that's... The whole thing. There's um a version of this written in the second person that I enjoy very much <laughs> on JapanPowered.com, or a version of the Koi Pond one. And okay. I'm just gonna read a little bit of it because it makes me laugh. It's a sunny day, with only a few puffy white clouds in the sky. The temperature's perfect. Warm enough you don't need a jacket, but cool enough to be comfortable. You decide that it's time to go fishing. When you tell your wife or husband, as the case may be, nice, where you intend to fish, they become frightened. Don't go, they say. There's a cemetery near that pond and it's haunted. You laugh and go anyway, thinking that ghosts are the things of children's stories. Mm, that's where Because wrong. you've never seen a horror movie. You reach the pond, which is a cozy little place tucked away from the outside world among a little copse of trees. You can see the gray bumps of headstones off to one side. You drop your line in the water and wait for the first bite. You're about to drift into a well-deserved nap when you hear footsteps approach. When you look up, you find a beautiful young woman approaching you. She asks you to please stop fishing in her pond and tells you it is a sacred place. You ignore her because you are an asshole, figuring that she's just a local playing a prank. Then, much to your horror, she wipes away her face, leaving nothing but a flat, featureless expanse. Yeah, still, I have no sympathy for anybody who's been attacked by one of these I'm things. No it's not even, even an attack. It's just, at this point... Really quickly, I want to talk about some other faceless ghost legends. Um, and I know this one's run a little bit long. Um, and I know you are neither frightened nor amused. <laughs> I'm always at least a little bit of those things. I just have an image to keep up. My feelings hurt. I've got to save face. Oh oh my. Um, So this is from the Huffington Post blog from 2014. And this is um, not about the Noparaboh, but it is about a uh, faceless ghost. Investigator uncovers photos of legendary faceless ghost that haunts abandoned tunnel. So this is the legend of the Green Man. A legend for many years, the tale of the Green Man has been used by parents to keep their children scared enough to stay inside at night, and by locals to keep teenagers too spooked to enter the abandoned train tunnel just outside of town. On the outskirts of Pittsburgh, near where Piney Forest empties into Peter's Creek, there's an old neglected railroad tunnel covered in graffiti and filled with road salt. Mm -hmm. The locals have given it a nickname. To many people in the Pittsburgh area, this is the Green Man Tunnel. Teenagers used to drive into the tunnel, turn off their lights, and call out to the green man, who would appear in the darkness, his skin tinged green from a tragic electrical accident. If he touched her car, his electrical charge would stall the vehicle or make it difficult to start. And he has no face. He's a faceless ghost. He's also- this is terrible. He's also called Charlie No Face. All right. That sounds like something playground children came up with. But the Green Man Tunnel remains the most visited place of pe- piece of Pennsylvania legend. This one's not exactly related to No Bowl, but it came up when I was researching this and I thought it was an interesting story. Yeah, that's super interesting to me because I've never heard of the Green Man. Yeah. Um. I mean, I lived for the first 20 years of my life like an hour from Pittsburgh and was up there a lot, but I don't think I've... I've never heard of the Green Man. That's wild. Interesting. And this one is, I've got this particular story. This one's interesting, too. This is from uh, Sisters of Providence of St. Mary of the Woods archives. Mm-hmm. And this is A Faceless Ghost, posted March nineteenth, two 2009. And it's an excerpt, actually, from an article written in 1974 by Dawn Tomaszowski, a senior at St. Mary of the Woods College. And it was a piece where she interviewed Sister Esther Newport, which um, and they were talking about the the Exorcist movie and like fads mm. of people like talking about like speculation about like ghosts and um, like demons and things like that. And it was a nun named Sister Esther talking about a ghost um, at Mary Saint Mary of the Woods College about Foley Hall, where an exorcism was done, exorcising a uh, ghost known as the Faceless Nun. Hmm. So, Sister Esther in the interview said, "What you're asking me to do is remember." And remember, she did with calmness and ease. She never hesitated in recalling the secrets of Foley. Sister Esther commented there was no exorcism of Foley, but offered explanations of the origin of the rumor. So she talked about um, how there was not an exorcism, but a Mother Mary Bernard arranged for a mass in the 1930s to um, calm the ghosts in Foley Hall. And the number one thing that people were seeing, uh, Sister Esther narrated an encounter with the faceless nun. "'Sister Esther was working in Foley one night, "'in front of the house on the second floor "'in the room next to the chapel. "'It was cold that night,' she recollected. "'She went around to check on a girl she called Isabel, "'who was working in the big room of the art department. "'She came around the hall to where Isabel was working. "'She saw her standing outside the doorway out in the hall. "'I said, "'Isabel, what's the matter? "'You look disturbed.' "'Isabel replied, "'I'm sick and tired "'of that nun coming around.' "'Sister Esther asked her who the nun was. "'Isabel did not know because this nun "'always stood between her and the light.' She leaves when I speak to her, Isabel told Sister Esther, and I never can see her face. And there, suggested Sister Esther, is your faceless nun. Isabel had another encounter with the faceless nun. Sister Esther entered the big art room where Isabel was working on a watercolor one day. Isabel inquired if she had seen the sister who was looking for her. Sister Esther had not, to which Isabel retorted she was here just a minute ago. Sister Esther asked who the nun was, but Isabel did not know because she had stood between her and the light. In fact, she has no face. She can talk, though. She can talk. Interesting. But so can a lot of these in the story. They talk and then, like, wipe their face off or they sound like they're crying or they do. Yeah, before yeah. the facial But the woman on the them. side of the road never wipes her face off. She just turns and has no face. That's true. When you can hear her crying, how does she cry with no eyes, no tear ducts? Anyway. Uh, I mean, I mean, like, what you're probably hearing is, is sobbing sounds, right? But how does she make a noise with no mouth? Well, just because she doesn't have, like, the external opening of a mouth, you might still have vocal cords and, like, a, a mouth cavity that can, like, make those sounds. They'd just be muffled the same way they would be if you buried your face in your hands. Oh, totally. That's true. Ah, so smart. But anyway, I was... When I was researching faceless ghosts, I came across... And then there's one more. I came across stories of, like, faceless ghosts that may or may not be even a little bit related to the no bowl, but I just think it's interesting that there's so much kind of telling of stories with that kind of idea. Now there's a final one. This is from backpackerverse.com and it's entitled The Faceless Man at Lassen Peak. Okay. And this is a first-person encounter. It says, I can't really explain this, but I've always been able to see weird things other people can't. As a child growing up in my house, I would experience things my sister and parents weren't able to. Sometimes I could catch a shadow figure in the hallway when I knew no one else was home. Or I'd notice things removed, like a pot or pan not being uh, where it was supposed to, but no one else would pick up on it. Um, now, before I go into this, there is a picture, an artist's rendering of what the thing they're describing looks like, and this is much more like what we've been talking about. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is like straight-up no nope bow This is like what they said is it looked like they don't have an an actual picture of the thing they saw but like a rendering so about a year ago my wife and I decided to take a trip to Lassen Peak to do some hiking I like to take hikes in the woods although my wife doesn't like the experience she gets bored very quickly my idea of a good time is going fishing or camping somehow I convinced her to take a couple days off from work and go hiking with me I've been hiking at a lot of great trails since I moved to California a couple years ago but I'd never been to Lassen Peak I heard the views from the top were breathtaking, as you can see the areas from where it had erupted in the past. We got to the trail later on in the afternoon. It was five miles, so I figured we could get it done in about two or three hours. I remember starting the trail, but I couldn't shake a feeling like someone was watching us. I kept turning around thinking I'd see somebody staring back at me. After I did this a few times, my wife asked me what I was doing. When I told her I thought someone was watching us, she said I was being paranoid. About a couple miles into the trail, my wife and I stopped to take in the scenery. As I looked around... I saw a figure slowly walk behind some trees and then disappear. I told my wife, but again, she said I was being paranoid. The farther we walked, the more I felt like there was a presence stalking us. After a while, we were on the last mile and nightfall was approaching. This is when I started to hear voices, whispers really that sounded like they were coming from the woods. Just as the whispers stopped, I saw a faceless figure appear just up ahead of the trail. And I mean faceless. He had no eyes, a nose, or mouth. He was right in front of us, but my wife was standing there like nothing was happening. When I looked back at my wife, he was gone. Or looked back at the man, he was gone. When I asked my wife why she didn't seem alarmed, she told me she didn't see anybody. To this mm. day, I know I saw something. It wasn't my imagination running away from me. There was someone or something else on the trail with us. And what it was exactly, I don't I don't know. And that's from Jonathan R. So I think Jonathan R. encountered a no on the uh, Lassen Peak Trail in just, California. I just wanted to do some hiking. Yeah. Do you think that's what he was – do you think he was Just hiking? getting out in nature. I think they were just – yeah, just wanted to get out in nature, take in the scenery, feel the sun on their face, just all of their face. <laughs> uh, that was a good story, and I liked it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it struck a nice tone. Um, if I could make just one improvement, just workshop it just a little bit, uh-huh. um, he turns back to his wife, and the wife wipes off her face. <laughs> You're right. I'm so sorry. I'm thinking you should, you should definitely write to this guy. I will. I will say, office. hey, I really enjoyed your personal account of real events that happened to you. Can I make a suggestion? For how to improve the real event that happened Next to you. Next time, tell your wife to also wipe off her face. <gasps> Did you know that all women can wipe their faces off? <laughs> we don't talk about it a lot. Um, you know how women will say like, or like people who wear makeup will say, I got to put on my I face I got to put quick. on my face. They don't mean makeup. <sighs> They don't mean makeup. You're making an assumption. They need to literally put on their face. I just had a realization as I was saying that, Alex. Mm-hmm. There's a Beatles song about a no bo Eleanor Rigby wearing the face that she keeps in a jar ah! by the door. Oh no, Eleanor Rigby! <laughs> Who is it for? Uh, famous no bo in pop culture. Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby. And Wikipedia didn't even mention her. Ugh That's so frustrating. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of this no bo erasure me too man I mean they already erase enough of themselves and they take yeah, their faces right. off every day <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's just a thing I've stumbled across and they pop up by the way in way more stuff than I just mentioned here like if like particularly if you watch anything that draws on like Japanese folklore mm-hmm. it will come up like they come up on an anime I really really enjoy um, uh, called Holic which invo- like involves a lot of yokai and Japanese folklore there's like kitsune and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. um, they, they pop up everywhere and I just have always thought they were interesting so I wanted to devote a little episode to Yeah, him. that's pretty cool. I mean, I it's such an interesting trope of like a faceless person that mm-hmm. I've seen a million times and that comes up frequently as like a kind of body horror uh, that I didn't realize there was an entire thing that devotes like a lore to it, which is yeah. really, really kind of cool. So that's very neat. Thank you and for sharing. Absolutely. And I think that's my favorite thing is that if you have a horror trope that you enjoy, you can probably trace it back to mm-hmm. a specific place in folklore that kind of kickstarted the whole thing. Yeah. And obviously they'll play on things like the candy valley and things like that but like if you have a trope like that like it, you can trace it back to the origins and obviously like it stuff can pop up at the same time all around one the world. Of my favorite yeah. yeah one of my favorite sort of ruminations on that is it was probably like a blog post i saw somewhere but it, it went kind of viral for a bit and it always has really fascinated me is this idea that like a lot of the things that humans are inherently afraid of is because we have a genetic memory that primes us to be wary of them like for example when we hear growling we know genetically that's a sound to be afraid of which is why you have a visceral response to it or like when we see fire we have a a genetic memory of like oh this is a good thing but also a dangerous thing like there are certain innate human reactions to things so when you start looking at things that are universally creepy it's the idea of like why why yeah. Like, not only, like, this thing is Siri to me, but, like, what did our ancestors know of yeah. that made them afraid Oh, I've of seen, that's, like, creepypasta from way back when. And actually, on a serious, like, straightforward note, actually, I've seen a lot of writing about the fact that things that are, we see a lot of creepypasta monsters, especially described as, like, really thin, really pale, and then mm. with huge dark eyes, like, steep set. And that's because that looks like a corpse. It looks mm-hmm. like disease and it looks like death. And so, like, things like that you can trace back to kind of primal fears. Now, there are some things we don't have deliberate explanation Explanations for. So you're right, Alex. What did they know that we don't? What are we afraid of? What aren't they yeah. telling us? The answer is a lot. Okay, <laughs> um, and there we go. And so that's about it for that. Um, so I'm gonna go put on my face after we're done with this. I've done this entire podcast with no facial Faceless. features. Faceless. Yeah, it's actually been very impressive. Sort of what she's been doing is writing down very quickly everything she wants to say, and I've been using ventriloquism to make it happen. Exactly. And actually, part of when I when every time I'm talking, Alex is drinking a glass of water. Mm-hmm. It's really impressive. It's I wish impressive. you could see it. Okay. So anyway, as always... A big thank you to oh, our yeah. sponsors this week, at the Alexandria Archives. Thank you to everyone who continues to be or become a Patreon donor. We are really, really enjoying having you along for the ride with our Patreon-exclusive content that we have going right now, which is our actual play, Monster of the Week campaign, A Horror Borealis. Those episodes go up on Mondays. There are two right now, or there'll be a third releasing the day after this episode. Um, if you are a Patreon donor of any tier whatsoever, you have access to all of that content, as well as various other things depending on your Patreon tier, such as Blooper reels or bonus audios or movie nights that we do or uh, various things along those lines, polls where you can help determine what future cryptids will be, things like that. If you are not a Patreon donor, we still appreciate you very much. You guys do a lot to help the podcast either by spreading word of mouth or talking about it to people that you know and love, sharing us on Twitter or Facebook or giving us your feedback. Or just generally like supporting us, sending us messages saying, hey, I really like what you're doing. Or could you maybe consider doing this or sharing your personal stories and your time with us? All of that means the world to us. So thank you so much for everything you do to help give back to our little cryptid community in whatever way you have to give. Absolutely. And um, if you want to be more of a part of that community and are not yet uh, in the Facebook group, please go ahead and join that if you'd like. It's called the Crypto Keeper Appreciation Group. It's a really fun little space for people to talk and share and have a great time. And we're also on Twitter. You can reach out to us if you ever have questions or things you want to say. That is Crypt Keep Pod, uh, at Crypt Keep Pod, C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. That's also our email address. It's Crypt at gmail.com. You can send us sightings, questions, fan art, whatever you want to send. You can buy any of our stickers or our t-shirts on Etsy at The Cryptid Shopper, or you can find us on Patreon at The Cryptid Keeper. Yep. And then also our Facebook page is the Crypto Keeper. Uh, and you can download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. As always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.